This is the Growth Fanatics Podcast, a show dedicated to sharing tried and tested tactics and strategies for growing your business. Delivered by your hosts, Darren Graham and Adil Jan, in association with 408 Media. Hi, and welcome to the Growth Fanatics Podcast uh, with 408 Media. I'm your host, Darren Graham, and in today's podcast, we have Megan McCullin from Me Edgar. We're going to be talking everything social media from where to start, what strategies you can use, and everything to do with social media for small businesses. So, Megan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me today, Darren. No, thanks for coming on. For everyone that doesn't know, like social media and, and scheduling, I've been struggling with it for three, five years plus, and I've used every single tool you can imagine to schedule it, help create it, manage analytics, everything. And then I came across Meet Edgar, and it, it wasn't so much that it was better than everything that's out there. It was completely different to what everything's out there. So whereas a lot of tools I found focus on one thing and didn't have others this kind of brings especially with the scheduling and even down to the analytics side of things i found was really good so i thought let's get uh megan on um and discuss what me edgar is and how you can use different social media strategies with me edgar to get your awareness out there draft traffic to your websites build your email list and sales as well so megan how are you doing i'm doing so well thanks so much um for those that don't know about me edgar or um what you do trying to give them a bit of an intro as to who you are how it all got started and and what sort of the next sort of steps are for me edgar yeah definitely appreciate that intro and noticing that we are a scheduling tool for social media and we're not the only choice out there of course as most markets are pretty saturated these days um but i myself have worked at me edgar for four years now and i am basically working in the onboarding and webinar aspect of it and the reason that we have this aspect much and the reason that our platform is a little bit different than the other ones out there is because we started first as an educational company Um, so the founder Laura Roder actually had her own social media business where she was educating and doing different classes on how to be successful with social media as she was starting to kind of create those courses what she was finding is that she actually was spending way too much time posting on social media trying to raise awareness and bring in new leads and not enough time actually working in her business and on the actual education side. So Edgar was actually created simply for her to use for herself. She created this tool with her husband, Chris, um, and she started telling people about why she was using it. And more and more people who heard about it, the more and more people were like, oh, I would use something like that. I have this pain point as well. Um, So that's where she kind of pivoted from being an educational service to being someone who is a software CEO. Um, And she'd done such a great job of building up a strong community with her educational business that when she pivoted to being more of a software engineer or software CEO, a lot of her followers came on board Edgar. And that's how we were able to grow so quickly and get a good word of mouth out there because um, she took the time to actually build that trust and create a system that was really set up for the yeah. main pain points that she knew her followers had. It definitely works for me. I mean, the, some of the issues I've had with, with social is A, it's creating the content and then it's keeping up on top of creating content, which for me, Edgar, me, Edgar eliminates that. So the amount of time and effort that you put into creating content to then schedule it out for it then to never see the light of day again. And things like split testing and working out 
what's that the right image that I use? What's that the right headline that I use? Is is a constant issue for me. So that's why sort of Meet Edgar was a big a big deal. So when when you sort of open up Meet Edgar, there's essentially like different pots that you can create to put different content in. Probably listening the sort of way that Meet Edgar sort of trains to do that is to think about the different parts that you would need, like evergreen content. It might be a vlog that you've got and to sort of build up your content assets within that. So then you've consistently got sort of content going out. So, I mean, for like one of the, one of the issues that we run into or our clients run into a lot is because we deal a lot with their ads uh, from a Google ads and a Facebook ads point of view. A lot of them struggle with, I'd love to do more on social, but like kind of where do we get started? What do we do? And it's a certain sort of thing. It's a time aspect that they, they don't want to put in because they don't know what they're going to get out. So what would you sort of suggest to those sort of people that want to get started but don't know where to get started? Yeah, great question. So a lot of the time, what's so important is just having a presence on these networks allows people to have what's called social proof. So when they're seeking out and trying to see if you're a trustworthy company, if they're a company that we want to buy from, a lot of the time we go to social media to make our purchasing decisions. So first and foremost, just remember having a presence and consistently showing up puts you in a really great position. Um, Beyond that, I always like to remind people on social media, your main goal is really to build what's called no like and trust and this goes into the fact that you're not selling just your service or just your product what you're selling is the who and the why behind your service and your product and that kind of marketing is some of the strongest marketing on social media and the good news is it's some of the easiest to do as well because when you think about it what differentiates your brand from other choices that people have is the values behind why you created your company as well as who you are and the stories that you can tell that are more unique compared to other people that are going to really get your ideal audience, the person that you can help the most with your product or service, paying attention to your brand over other people. So I always like to remind people just to think about it as if you're having a conversation with that ideal audience persona that you know your product or service can help and it becomes so much easier. So the more kind of entwined and intimate you can become with who your product is um, kind of ideal for, the more you don't have that sort of posting paralysis where you're saying, oh my gosh, I don't know what to post. Because typically when I hear people say, I don't know what to post, what I'm actually hearing from them is I don't know my ideal audience persona. I don't know what they want to hear right now or what would be valuable to them. Um, So I always say that's your first step of sitting down, identifying who you're talking to, and then having a genuine conversation. Because we are smart consumers out there these days. We know when we're being sold to. Um, So social media is not the place just to be broadcasting out sales. I always like to say, you know, that's kind of like a salesperson standing outside of their store, just yelling discounts at you. That's not going to entice you to bring you in. Same with social media. You need to build that rapport, build that trust, have that conversation. And then you can get into the fact that if you're going to sell to them, you can be confident because they're not opting in to you. They're opting into solving their pain point. So if you've done the job of positioning your product or service on social media, something that can really benefit them in the future that can really make sure that the outcomes they want in their life are situated in the way that your product or service can help them get there. Um, Then again, it's just them saying, yes, my pain point is strong enough that I'm going to purchase from you to solve this. Or they're saying, no, I don't need this right now. And then it's not on you. And social selling becomes way less scary that way. On that point, that's something that 
I've had a lot of people get stuck up or caught up on. It's the thought of when they hear social selling, it's the fact that they think that the transaction literally needs to happen on social or it's a first point of contact. Right. So they've seen my, they've seen a tweet or they've seen a Facebook post, their transaction needs to happen. They don't sort of get the fact, like you said, that they need to build up a bit of rapport. They need to, people need to see who the brand is, engage with the brand, maybe see maybe a couple of weeks worth of posts before they even come to your site, then find out a little bit more about you. Whereas I think a lot of people are used to these sort of direct sales and maybe things like AdWords where it's search intent that go into buy rather than we're putting ourselves out there to say, come and have a look, see if you're interested. This is the sort of things we do. This is how we help. And then the transaction helps. So I think that's a really good point. In terms of obviously the getting out there and building that rapport with them, what kind of sort of like what sort of strategies would you advise for an SME to get started with? You know, hasn't potentially got a lot of time, potentially haven't got a team to build huge assets like really expensive lead magnets or whatever. What sort of things can they do to get started from a strategy point of view? Yeah, great question. So one of the very first things I think you should do is identify some pillar categories of the types of posts you want to put out there. This not only makes creating your posts a lot easier, but it allows you to follow what we refer to as the 80-20 rule. And that's that 80% of the posts you're posting on social media should be really value-adding ones. So these are going to be your entertaining posts, your informational posts, your how-to posts, um, your education educational posts. Those are all going to be really valuable for your ideal audience on social media. And then 20% can be a little bit more sales oriented where you might be offering a discount on social media, or you might be offering people to sign up for one of your lead magnets to build your newsletter. Um, And when you do this in a category based system, you want to think about again, having a conversation and mapping it to your ideal audience personas day. So your categories could include things like inspirational quotes or tips or curated content from other people's articles in your industry where you're giving your thought leadership about what you agree with and what you don't agree with, Um, your own blog posts. All of these things can be wrapped up in there. Um, And then when you're actually posting, you can set these categories out. You can use a software like Meet Edgar to do this easily, or you can utilize just like a spreadsheet content where each tab has a different category. Um, And you're writing your posts ahead of time. So that way, you know that, you know, every Monday morning, you're starting your followers out with an inspirational quote to get them started. Or perhaps you know that they eat lunch at their desk alone. So that's when you want to serve up your blog post category to them. So they have something to read then. And social media becomes a part of their day where your content is supporting what's going on in their life and resonating with their daily activities. And that's going to help you retain way more followers because you're adding that value. So first and foremost, make sure you're setting up categories. So your feed doesn't just go from random, 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 but it goes into a variety of different content that your followers can see. Um, And we really believe in an evergreen posting strategy to help out with the second part of your question on what do you do if you don't have enough time. And that's the fact that so few people see your posts on social media. It's truly only about 10% of your followers will see a blog post that you send out or will see a meme that you send out. So the ability of you to be able to repeat that post later on in a month from now or a couple months from now will not only help drive traffic to your site longer so that blog post doesn't just 
just get a big spike in traffic and then drop off. Um, but it'll also make sure that you get to do less work, but still get that same amount of traffic. So an easy way to remember kind of what evergreen posting is about is this idea of writing a post once in a really quality way and promoting it multiple times. Um, I know this is an idea that scares people quite often, but first of all, truly not many of your followers are going to see the same post twice. The algorithms are set up to serve you content that they know you want to see. Um, as well as the fact if someone does, it's okay. If you've done the work (laughs) to go ahead and produce a really great piece of content, uh, think about when you see like a billboard twice, or if you see a commercial on television twice, you're not upset about it. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest time savers that you can do on social media as well. That's a, that's a valid point about the, uh, the, the TV ads and the, um, <laughs> yeah, I never thought of it like that. Um, and weirdly enough, actually, um, we got a lead through one of our blog posts the other day that normally we'd have just maybe posted out once, left it a month or so, post it out again. But because it's in the queue, we posted, that post went out over in a month about three times. In a, mm. um, over a month and it was the third time it went out and it was just we, we scheduled that particular evergreen post to go out at three different times throughout the week or the month it was on the third occasion that the the lead came in so we were like that we would it just wouldn't ne- never happen before um so it's definitely um, a strategy that that definitely does work and we've seen work um Something else, if you go down that route, I would say to sort of anyone watching or listening, the way you could step that up as well with, if you've got the ability to run ads, is to use tools like Meet Edgar to get the content out there and drive traffic to your website. And you could even have like a remarketing campaign set up for people that have read blog posts to then, you know, hit them with a sales message after that so they've consumed your content and using the ads to then hit them with a sales message afterwards because they've, they've actually engaged with you versus just hitting them with an ad straight away. So that might be something else you, you guys want to try to listen and watch it. Um, brilliant, yeah. No, I really, really like that. I think it's a strategy that a lot of people should be using. Um, we've got um, quite a lot of people that um, are doing it. So I've got, um, there's a couple of people I speak to, sort of clients regularly, that do do it. They are trying to keep on top of it. Um, what sort of have you got sort of maybe some hacks that people could use or some some tips that people could use to accelerate what they might be doing already just to get maybe more reach um, or to get make more of what they're potentially doing on on social at the minute yeah absolutely um so one of my favorite things to have people think about is making sure that you're not just creating content around the core message um, of your product or service but you're thinking about what you can do to bring people who might have parallel interests into your world who don't know that you exist so what i mean by this is you know we're a social media automation tool at meet edgar but a lot of people might not know that a social media automation tool exists but they have the problem of not having time to post on social. So the content that we can create on social in order to bring these people into our world and become aware that there's something to solve their pain point is to think about the fact that, you know, what else would they be searching for online? What else would they be actually go 
going out and um, wanting to learn. They are small businesses and they are wanting to learn things like how to blog or how to do SEO well or stuff like that. So that's where our content creation comes in of creating really great blog posts around these other business areas that we know would attract people who would have a need for our product or service so that they're being educated about our brand. So think about what those things are for your brand. What is it that's a little bit outside of what you do, but that your ideal audience might be searching for if they don't know your product or service exists to bring more leads in. Um, so I always like to think, you know, again, with that marketing funnel, just remember that people are in different awareness levels of what exists out there and you need to be speaking to each one. Um, another hack I always like to bring up is this concept of upcycling. So what upcycling is, is kind of the same idea of evergreen content and the fact that you want to get the most out of the work you're doing. So if you have a really well-researched blog post, or if you have a podcast episode, how can you take that one piece of content and turn it into 10 different social media status updates? This makes sure that your followers can consume the content in the medium that they want to consume it in. Because perhaps someone waiting in line at the grocery store scrolling through social media doesn't have time to actually click on a blog post and go read it. But they would read a tip if you just got some pull quotes from within that blog post and put them on a beautiful background in Canva or put them as a text-only post. So they would still get that value and still get to know your brand, but they wouldn't have to go and consume the entire blog post. Or think about the way that you could Um, you know, simply uh, hop on a video for two minutes and explain some of the main, um, the main points in that blog post. You've done the research, but you're upcycling that piece of content to get more mileage out of it on social media. So absolutely make sure that you're doing this so that you are able to show up for your followers in more places and in more mediums. That's, Um, That's weirdly enough. That's exactly what, we do we try to do with this uh, podcast yeah. as well. So hence why we record, record the video, we then strip the audio out for a podcast. We'll then hopefully try and take some quotes out of this to put on thingy, or to put on like LinkedIn and Instagram and things like that and drive people back to maybe like the pillar content, which is the, the, the podcast or the blog. So that's great. Um, and even better, like you say, maybe transcribing it into a, 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 an article. For example, that might be another good idea. So that's that's brilliant point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you're not upcycling these days, you're going to be spending so much time reinventing the wheel and creating new content, which just doesn't have to be taking up all your time. Um, so I'm super excited to hear you're doing that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Other than. Sorry. Yeah. No, not at all. Other things that I always like to bring up um, is this idea that our brains are actually pretty wired for storytelling. Um, So it's this idea of making sure when you're going into your um, social media that you're telling a origin story of why you started. Because when you go back to thinking about the way that we interact with people in real life, one of the first questions that we ask people is where are you from, right? Or, you know, um, that's the same thing that your followers want to know about your business. So tell your why of how your business was created and make sure that you're telling stories within every single social media status update you put out there because that's what our brains will remember far more than just the facts. Um, So think about ways that you can not only tell your own story, but get people who have had success with your product or service to give you a testimonial that is in a story format that your ideal audience would be able to see themselves in. So they want to know that your product is going to give them the outcomes that they want in their life 
and they want to resonate with someone who has had maybe that feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm not sure if this is right for me. When they're pulling out their credit card, they might be a little scared to pay for your product or service. But if that person can give you a testimonial about how their life has improved afterwards, that's going to be way stronger than you just presenting a sales post about, you know, here's a discount. So remember to look for stories about how and why you started as well as stories from your community uh, to really make your feeds that much more compelling to your followers. Um, Yeah, I've never thought about the the origin story. So essentially trying to wrap the whole ethos of the business, why you got started and interweave that into maybe not each post, but into the posts that go out as well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I would say as kind of the last hack here to remember that you want to always be looking for what we call meaningful social interaction in every single post you're putting out there because that's what the algorithms use these days way more than just a passive like in order to uh, see the relevance of a piece of post. So what this means is they're looking for conversations between people. So if a comment on an article that you post gets your followers talking in between each other and having that conversation, that post is going to be opened up to a larger pool and it's going to get a bigger reach. So the way that I always recommend doing this is opening up with a call to action that you actually want people's opinions, right? So ask people questions to pique that curiosity because our minds are truly wired for um, us to fill an information gap. So if you go ahead and provide someone with a little teaser of curiosity of what's in that article um, and they feel like they don't know that information, our brain really wants to click on that article in order to fill that information gap and in order to have that discussion and join in. Um, So remember to always have a CTA to actually remind people you want to have that discussion to get that meaningful social interaction. Um, And another thing that you can really do to kind of up-level the reach of your posts, especially the posts that you know you want to drive people back to your site with, um, is take advantage of this meaningful social interaction in a way that you know that things like happy news, inspirational content, and funny posts are some of the most engaged with posts. So I always like to recommend putting out one of these softer posts that might not have that much to do with your brand, but is just inspiring or funny. That's going to get you a ton of engagement and likes and comments. And then the very next post you post after that one could be one that's driving people to your lead magnet or driving people to your sales page. And the algorithm is going to see, oh, this previous post got a lot of reach. This content is something that their followers must want to see. And it'll serve up that next post to a bigger pool of people. Um, So just think about how you can use these things in the algorithm to your advantage. Um, And then the algorithm can truly be your best friend rather than your enemy when you're creating these posts. That's cool. So it's it's essentially then think or working out what gets the most from your post what gets the most engagement and then kind of following up with right there's like a quote or a meme the next one's gonna be like a lead magnet or blog post i want to drive traffic to basically on in general that gets the one before gets the engagement that's clever i like that idea I'll be uh, implementing that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty cool one when you do it. I think you'll like it. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Um, they've got some really good tips and strategies there to do with what's going on um, now with social. But obviously, as we both know, it's ever-changing. We've got new platforms coming out. We've got TikTok that's going crazy and is <laughs> ramping right up. We've got, um, obviously, I don't really know what's going on with Snapchat at the minute. That was doing great. Then it's sort of, sort of downturn from last I heard since Instagram put stories in. 
from your point of view, kind of what's what's the future of it's a very broad question what's the sort of future of social for maybe future of social for small uh, businesses how do you see that going and kind of what should they be thinking of um, going forward to make the most of social yeah great question so i think actually the way you started this is one of the biggest clues that we have in seeing sites like tiktok take off so quickly what type of content is that that's video content so truly if we're seeing people consume video content at these high rates we can take that as a way of saying okay video content is um, some of the strongest ways brands are building so do more video content on all of the platforms it's not like it's just tiktok that makes video content so powerful what makes video content so powerful is the ability to connect on a human level and make sure that the tone of your brand is heard so much more and to remind people that there's an actual human who cares about you being a customer behind the screen there. And it's truly about kind of out caring your competition in a way that you're showing people that, you know, once you purchase from me, I'm going to be here from you. So make sure you're taking advantage of video content. Um, And the cool thing right now about video content is people don't want it to be super highly produced because they feel like they're being sold to if it looks like a beautiful set and it's super highly produced that way some of the best video content you have is that relatable stuff it's that stuff that people can kind of see themselves sitting around a kitchen table with you and just having that conversation Um, so take that to your advantage completely as well Um, I also think social media is going into the direction of kind of a lot more what we call dark social, which is social posts that are like your DMs, your messages, those one-on-one interactions that you're having with people. Um, These things definitely lead into the entire marketing strategy of saying, you know, if you have a bunch of DMs on Instagram, that will go into the fact that your feed posts will get more reach because that's a meaningful social interaction. Um, And I think that consumers out there these days, especially consumers on social media want to feel like they're having that one-on-one connection with a brand. Um, So think about the ways that you can set up different um, abilities to get people to DM you and to get into these kind of dark social areas, because I do truly think the algorithms are going to go more into valuing these interactions um, stronger. Yeah, Um, that's a good point. Because I think if if you look at China uh, and WeChat, the whole... Mm -hmm. I think you can even with a lot, I might be wrong, but I think even purchases can happen within WeChat, which is essentially like WhatsApp over over in the the Western side of things. So yeah, that's that's really good. I mean, from from looking at how they interact with things, I think a lot of their social is is sort of, as you're saying, the dark sort of social, which is all this, um, the DMs and stuff. So that might be interesting to see how you can utilize Messenger, WhatsApp, um, maybe even the LinkedIn sort of direct messages to start communicating with people as well. That might be cool. And especially if you, what you're saying is that the platforms are then going to take more notice of those meaningful conversations in the DMs and it serve your uh, posts out further, that, that'd be, you know, that'd be gold. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also think you hit on, you know, LinkedIn, I think has huge opportunity right now for the future. Um, They were purchased a couple years ago by Microsoft and they are making a ton of changes to the way people are using the platform. So if you don't have a presence on LinkedIn and you think that it's truly just for like business communication, you might want to take another look at the platform because it is getting way more social. Um, And the way that people do purchase these days on kind of like company values and company transparency 
uh, you know, think about the reasons that you choose one brand over another. Oftentimes it's because you know that brand treats their employees really well or has like a charitable program that you agree with. Um, So as a company on LinkedIn, if you can be really transparent about the kind of the behind the scenes of your company, it can build a lot of brand loyalty really quickly. And, you know, the people on LinkedIn who are consuming content there um, are kind of the decision makers within businesses. So they might not be your ideal client, but they might be the gatekeeper who will recommend tools or services to your ideal clients. Um, So it's kind of a cool way to get word of mouth marketing as well as get kind of that value-based purchase power. Um, So I think LinkedIn has a huge opportunity for kind of the future of social media. Uh, Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I've seen it become more like Facebook over Mm -hmm. the last 12 months, I'd say, where it was everyone was suit and tie and now everyone's (laughs) checked me out in my flip-flops and shorts at home. So it's, I'd agree with that. 100%. That's been absolutely brilliant. Been loads of great tips and hacks and everything there. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all that with us. For people that want to get in touch with you, want to find out a bit more about me, Edgar, where should they go? What platforms, what what's the web, what websites and what URLs should they go to? Yeah, absolutely. So we are Meet Edgar, um, just simply that handle on any social media platform. If you want to ask any more questions, you can always email support at meetedgar.com. Um, we're definitely always happy to give you guys a free month to make sure that this software really works out for you. So if you want to sign up for Edgar, you can use the coupon code SUCCESS upon sign up to get that free month. Um, and like I said, I'm the onboarding coach here. So we run daily webinars on how to get your account set up and stuff. Um, so we're more than happy to answer any questions to make Make sure that this does fit in with your marketing strategies and goals brilliant that's fantastic so what i'll do for everyone um watching this on youtube is in the description below i'll put all the links to the uh, the website the uh, social channels and the success code as well and anyone that's listened to this on the podcast that'll be in the show notes as well for you so just want to say thanks a lot again megan for coming on the show it's been fantastic lots of great information and i hope everyone has enjoyed watching and listening to it yeah absolutely thanks so much for having me on here it was a fun chat today no problem at all thanks a lot Thanks for listening to the Growth Fanatics podcast, brought to you by 408 Media. If you're running a paid ads campaign and would like to see if you could be doing better, why not get a free ads audit? Simply go to 408media.co.uk or simply click the link in the show notes.